Joy is a disposition of the mind that drives the mind of a servant. This is what he's after here. (laughs) And joy is the engine that drives the sacrificial life. You understand that? It has to come from joy. What an amazing thought to consider. We'll do just that here today on Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. Welcome to the program. We're looking at Philippians chapter 3. It's there the Apostle Paul lays out for us the calling we have to a life of Christian joy. Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. That is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Chris Gordon, as we do our final exploration of the book of Philippians, at least for a while. We'll move into the book of Acts starting tomorrow. But for now, let's catch up with Pastor Chris in today's program of Abounding Grace. You guys put those signs on your fences, beware of dogs. You need to wear that around your neck. Beware of the dogs. What are they? There are those trying to rob you of Christian joy. What do I mean by that? There was nothing that caused Paul more grief than those who were trying to bring him and the church back into bondage along with all the terrible fruits that followed in that. There were always those trying to put Christians back under the law. They were always laying yokes of bondage on people. They were always doing this. And the fruit of it was bitter complaining, fighting, and a bunch of miserable people who argued about everything. Jesus dealt with this all the time. Pharisees complained that the disciples didn't wash their hands correctly when they ate bread. Remember that? And Jesus immediately goes after you hypocrites. In vain do you worship me teaching his commandments, the doctrines of men. And you want to talk about the fruit of what you guys do? Here's the fruit of it. The law says you should care for your parents. But when that, is, that money comes out, you say Corbin so that you don't have to help your parents. Don't play that game with me. Your whitewashed tombs started with bitter complaining and they wanted to put them back under yokes of bondage and the bad fruits were that kind of division. It's phony religion. It's self-serving religion. It's fake. It's fake. Those are dogs. Those are dogs. Now this is what Paul's aiming for. Notice what he says. We don't worship like that. (laughs) We don't worship God like that. It's interesting that worship, it never gets connected in this particular passage. But Paul really, really mentions worship for an important reason. That we worship in the spirit. And I think that gets overlooked. Because Paul, what he's saying here, what the heart of what he's going after here, is I have learned to count everything lost to gain Jesus. Jesus is my righteousness. Jesus is my joy. Jesus brought an end to me. Remember the book theme. The single greatest attack on the church 
and the advancement of the gospel and the purpose of the mission is by, in this case, what are called Judaizers who are constantly saying things like this. You're a failure. You're never doing enough. You need to be circumcised. You need to do this and that with the great goal that really you're never doing enough to please God. Your religion is faulty. There are people who self-righteously treat other people like this in life. You know this. They're always looking down on their neighbor because their neighbor is never quite doing things right and they're never doing enough. There are people like that in the kingdom. And their expectations of what it should look like is from them. And they lay yokes constantly on people. And, they com- and the fruit of that is complaining and bitterness and anger. It's just naturally, I guess, programmed in us from the fall. But this is an important moment to say what the dogs were saying. You're just lazy. You're never doing enough for God. A lot of people who serve in the kingdom do it with this kind of motive. Now, people may be lazy, but what's get, what gets people up? <laughs> That's the question. Paul knows at the heart of the dog mentality was an attempt to justify themselves before God. He saw it for what it was. He saw it as a way of bringing people back under bondage. And, and what's Paul concerned about? Paul is, is deeply concerned about a people who are not confident in Jesus. Paul is deeply concerned about this. A people who are not confident in Christ, his forgiveness, his love, his favor, his acceptance, will never be a people on mission to set anyone else free. You see, you know, this um, kind of subtle attack drives all the problems in the church. I've seen um, churches ripped apart off mission because what subtly came in the door was a turning people away from Jesus. Voices came in and they said, you people are just failures. And you people are not doing enough. And the very status of God their very status before God, which Paul has labored everywhere to reassure them of his love for them, was completely overturned. And, and the fruit of it was in these churches, the fruit of it is in these churches when this happens, is a church rips, it becomes ripped apart in internal divide and divisions and fighting. You realize that your greatest threat to joy is an attack on your confidence in your right standing with God? I mean, this is really getting to the heart of it. People who live with a cloud under their head are the most ineffective Christians in fulfilling any kind of mission. I mean, you know this when, what do they tell people who are hurting and suffering? And it's hard to say. I don't, I don't always know when to say it or how to say it. But when people are hurting or suffering, the most difficult thing is is to try to get them up to use what they're going through to be a blessing to others because being left alone in that suffering keeps you down. And um, there's a time to help them out to say, 
your greatest joy will come as you use your gifts to be a blessing to someone else because your suffering, which was appointed, is meant to further the gospel. The greatest threat to your joy is an attack on your confidence. See a people confident in God's love. See a people who do not define their hardships as an indication of God's divine displeasure on them. And who live confident that God's plan and purpose is being worked out and whatever comes to them are the most effective witnesses to the gospel of free forgiveness of sins. It's an important point. You have to fight it every day. That is why we say you should get up every morning and preach the gospel to yourself. And I won't let a dog's voice come in. And I won't let the world, you know, my own flesh and Satan, that that chief arc dog, take that from me. I have been justified by faith and absolutely nothing can take away my right standing with God. Understand that? That question is over. (laughs) It's done. I'm not living under that pressure and bondage to try to please him to get there. That's over. You've already got heaven. It's already yours in principle. Paul helps them with this by using his own life. Listen, all right, let me help you with this for a minute. If you want to try that life, I'm going to lay out the problem for you. Every day I got up living under this weight of thinking that it was all about me and it was all about me leading a life that was the most effective life and doing things for God to try to please God. And let me tell you what that looked looked like. Let me tell you what that looked like. Though anyone else might have confidence in the flesh, verse 4, let me boast a little bit just for a minute and just listen to my boast for a minute. And here's the thing. None of you could touch me. You want to play that game? I'll play that game with you. I was of the circumcised. (laughs) Um, I am of the people of Israel. I had all the privileges of being an Israelite by birth. That was me. And I was of the tribe of Benjamin. And I was, that was the tribe beloved by the Lord. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I had pure blood. A pure Hebrew. And you know what? When it came to keeping the law, no one could touch me. If someone wants to put that yoke on me, listen, let me tell you something. I beat all of them. I played that game better than anyone else. I had seven accomplishments in my life. And, and I could see him pointing to all the Judaizers. None of you beat me. As a regard to the law of Pharisee, I was of the most prestigious, religious, devoted group in Israel. I memorized the Torah. I excelled above them all. As for zeal, I put my beliefs into action. I was ready to destroy anything that was, I perceived, a danger to to the, the religion of the Pharisees. And finally, as to the righteousness of the law, I was blameless. I'm not saying he was perfect. What he's saying is, 
I played that game better than anyone else. No one could touch me. If there was a standard that was to be held among the children of God, then guess what? That was me. I did it. And Paul says, if you looked at my life and all my conduct, I was playing religion. I was playing a game. I was in it for the service of my own righteousness so that I'd be seen by others. I was ultimately trying to establish myself before God. But at the end of the day, there was no joy in that. You know what the fruits were? Bitterness, anger, fighting, and murder. And a great dissatisfaction with everyone else because they never measured up to me. See how he's getting to the psychology of this, of the, how humans think with sin and how they behave? You ever met people who lay a yoke on you because you're never doing as much as them in the kingdom and then they get mad? That's pride. That's self-righteousness. Paul says, listen, I've counted all that loss. I count all that effort loss to gain Jesus. Everything of value in this present evil age, everything it has to offer, along with all my advantages and status and material benefits and, and comfort and honor, everything that I counted as absolute, I, I took all that and, and counted it. I wrote it all off to gain Jesus. That's my righteousness. When I let that go, I realized that I gained everything. I count everything as loss for the exceeding greatness of knowing Jesus. Put a lot of pressure on yourself when you live under that yoke. Did you know that? I think that's why the Lord says today, I want you to rest. I don't want you to work. That's why he does that. That's why there's a Sabbath. That's why we worship in the Spirit. Rest, sons and daughters. Rest in Jesus. You're running around way too much. You're not listening. There's a reason there's no joy in your life. Are you listening? Now you can understand the call to joy. Rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because you're free. This changes how you look at everything, you know. Um, What did Paul say? My imprisonment was meant to further the gospel, and so are your hardships. They are not an indication of God's displeasure on you. That we've got to understand. Whatever he has put you through is not an indication of God's divine displeasure on you. You don't have to live trying to establish yourself that way. That's done. Stop. That's a hard thing to get into us. So Reverend Camingo would tell me, you know, it was difficult in the ministry sometimes when he ministered to preach the gospel all his life and get to people's deathbeds, and they're still thinking this. I hope God accepts me. No wonder it leads to a bitter, angry, self-serving life that produces no fruits of righteousness. Joy is a disposition of the mind that drives the mind of a servant. This is what he's after here. (laughs) And joy is the engine that drives the sacrificial life. Do you understand that? It has to come from joy. 
or else you'll be doing nothing. You won't even want to be in worship. <laughs> There's no joy in your life. That's, that's evidence you don't want to be here. When we're self-serving and our involvement in the kingdom is about us and what we're trying to produce in our lives, self-righteousness, people are never happy with anyone else but themselves, and that's why they complain. There's a chain here. Joy leads to freedom, and freedom leads to becoming a servant. (laughs) And a true servant is driven by love to serve others, and that means the opposite is true. Self-righteousness leads to bondage. Bondage brings the fruits that belong to it. And what are those fruits in the life of the kingdom? Here they are. Enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Those are the fruits of a life not of joy but of bondage. I'm going to make a suggestion here that what is in Paul's mind in this book is that what drives a lot of this kind of selfish look at existence is fear. People who come off as self-righteous and proud, the righteous eyes know that is a face of somebody very scared. And that's what chapter 4 is about. I don't want you anxious. In fact, in the next chapter when he deals with anxiety, we live in anxiety for one big reason. Jesus told us we worry about the events of providence. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. And then Jesus said, which of you being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? If then you're not able to do a small thing as that, why are you anxious about all the rest? That fear drives serving the self. Do you understand that? Because you're always trying to beat your circumstances. It's in those basic things that the Lord is claiming as Lord over your life. Your food. (laughs) Your housing. Your basic needs. And you're worried about all that. I claim that, says the Lord. I claim the hairs of your head. Did you know that? There's not one that falls apart from my will. I claim that then why in the world are you letting all these things that are outside of your control drive fear, which turns you inward, which leads to bondage, which leads to bad fruit? You see? It's fear and worry that drives us into the worst kind of behaviors in how we handle ourselves in selfishness because it's a desperate attempt to try to control your own life, to control and fix your circumstances. And that's the most selfish endeavor because you've not looked at your circumstances as something God orchestrated and designed for you to further the gospel and serve your neighbor. This is what Donald Gray Barnhouse once said, nothing has ever happened which has not flowed in the channel which God has dug for it. (laughs) I just love that. There have never been any events which have flamed up in spite of God, to leave him astonished or confused. But hear that. There is nothing that has ever happened which has not flowed in the channel which God has dug for it. 
That is how involved the Lord is in your life. Remember when he said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? We only talk about fear and trembling with worship. Isn't it interesting he grabbed it for sanctification because that's how involved God is with you. God is present with us. And all that gives us a perspective on everything. That's what he wants for us. So the way forward is to rejoice in the Lord. That's not a tedious thing for me to say. It's healthy for you. It's right for you. And I'm going to keep saying it, says Paul. Enjoy the mind of Jesus. Neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate you from the love of God. That's what drives joy. Joy is gospel-driven. God has designed your life as a master architect. He's designed our lives to go through the crosses that he's appointed for us on the sacrifice and service of somebody else's faith. You're poured out like Jesus. He emptied himself, which meant poured out. Paul says, I'm poured out like a dream offering. That's Christian life. You're poured out. We're not going through life just to try to fix things. And beware of those today, these voices that are coming at the church constantly. And they're saying, the whole culture is going to hell in a handbasket. Did you know that? Of course I know that. Go fix it. Really? You expect me to fix the culture? I'm having a hard enough tr- time trying to trust in the forgiveness of my sins and to help my neighbor with that. The Lord wants you free as sons and daughters. He wants you free in peace and in joy. To serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Serve the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. See, every circumstance is fulfilling a grand purpose to be a blessing in the body of Christ. You've gained Jesus. You've got all you need. You are found in him not having a righteousness that is from you, (laughs) but from him that comes by faith. And that means you're free. So live in it. Enjoy your life. That's what you got to tell people. Ever feel like, You're always running, 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 and you never get to enjoy it. Then you go and get some other different situation in life, and you look back and say, I really enjoyed that. And you didn't really enjoy it like you should have. The Christian life is meant to be enjoyed. The Christian life is meant to be enjoyed. That's the key to becoming a servant. I close with this. I used to live for myself, says Paul. I used to live in fear of death. I used to live wondering if God would accept me on that day. I used to live where my whole life was driven, driven being running around here and there, trying to do everything to fulfill my own righteousness. And one day I let it go. And I rested in his love. And I started to live in that joy. And then I became a servant. That's the key to having the mind of Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for helping us with this. And thank you for opening our hearts to understand the implications of so great a gospel. Let us rejoice in the Lord in every circumstance. Let us enjoy your favor. 
and let it inspire the mind of Jesus and how we serve and love one another in us. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for dealing with our sins. And may we realize that we have everything already in Jesus. And may we never listen to a dog again. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Chris Gordon. Just enough time to leave you with our contact information. We'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing you're being blessed by this radio program. Reach out to us at our website, agradio.org. Questions at agradio.org. If you wish to email us any questions you might have or praise reports, comments about the program, or give us a call, 888-504-8805. By the way, when you visit our website, agradio.org, tons of resource material for you to tap into, as well as links to our other platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Again, all at agradio.org. And that phone number, once again, is 888-504-8805. Looking to write to us? If you're old school, the address for your envelope is Abounding Grace Radio, P.O. Box 732. Lyndon, Washington. The zip code is 98264. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Abounding Grace is brought to you on this radio station by Abounding Grace Radio Ministries. Hi, this is Chris Gordon, pastor of the Escondido United Reformed Church. I'd like to invite you to our Sunday worship services at 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. We have two worship services, 9.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m. We preach Christ and Him crucified with the goal that you would live in the joy of this comfort in the knowledge of the forgiveness of all of your sins. 1864 North Broadway is the address here in Escondido. We'd love to see you this Sunday.